The following episode is a rebroadcast of our original YouTube podcast series. If you like what you hear, stay tuned for new episodes coming in 2021 with a new format and special guest interviews and much more behind-the-scenes info, along with paranormal news and updates of our research and investigations. And, without any further ado, I hope you enjoy this rebroadcasted episode of the CAPS Podcast, and hope you will like, subscribe, and share our upcoming episodes of Whispers from the Dark. Welcome to the official Cryptids Anomalies and the Paranormal Society's podcast. I'm your host, Barnaby, and you're listening to Whispers from the Dark. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, how are y'all doing? And welcome to another edition of Cryptids Anomalies and the Paranormal Society's podcast. Today we have a special episode for you. Uh, As you know, last weekend, our second episode of season two aired on youtube and the episode is the test on the episode we uh invited derek and fathom out on special blind tests to see if they could actually pick up on the spiritual or residual energy of certain locations uh without knowing what happened there basically what we wanted to do is see if ethan not Ethan, sorry, if um, Derek and Fathom uh, could actually communicate with the other world. So today, uh, we have two guests on our show. We have uh, Ethan. Hey, how's it going? Welcome back, Ethan. How are you doing? No, good. I'm just sitting here stripping some paint while we're talking. <laughs> it's like, is it like the opposite of watching paint dry? Yep, it's watching it melt off. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, and uh, joining us in a little while will be Derek. We're going to bring him on uh, to discuss his part of this. But, uh, Ethan, I wanted to get a a little bit of background for you. Um, And for anyone who hasn't watched the episode yet, um, please go and do so before you listen to the rest of this podcast because what we're going to do is kind of discuss what actually happened and... um, talk to Derek about some of the stuff that he experienced and his thoughts on uh, how it went. So if you haven't already watched the episode, please go do and go ahead and do so. It is on YouTube. It is uh, season two, episode two, The Test. So uh, with that being said, Ethan, why don't you fill us in a little bit about on uh, the first location that we took them? Uh, the first one was directly in my neighbor's house. There was uh incident that happened there where someone became deceased in the house it was a traumatic incident not natural and basically what i wanted to find out was if someone like Derek or fathom could pick up on what happened there without having any clue as to what happened right um and then the second instance because we we actually did two different events uh why don't you tell us a little bit about the second one too right away the second one, it happened years and years ago, long before I even lived in the area, but there was a child that was kidnapped and murdered right down the street from where I currently live. Right. And um, both instances, 
are completely factual. There is, uh, in the first case, um, you actually might have been home during this, right? Correct. Yeah, and then the second one, you actually have uh, court files and the dates and all that stuff that you can look up as public record to confirm what actually happened at that location. Yep, newspaper, newspaper articles, everything. Yep, and going into this, um, I knew about the first incident where we went to, but you didn't even tell me or my mom or uh, Derek or Fathom at all what had happened there, correct? Nope, that was a complete surprise for everyone. <laughs> yep, so uh, we want to make that very clear that uh, the only person that knew everything that happened was Ethan during the filming of this event, uh, at least the first time. And then the second time, I did not give Fathom any kind of indication of anything that we were doing as well. Um, so both of them were completely blind as to where they were going, what they were going to experience, or anything. So um, with that being said, I want to go ahead and bring Derek in on this call. Derek, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Good. How you how you holding up down there? I'm holding up all right. No bored, but I'm holding up okay. Yeah, how is that? Uh, yeah. the uh, COVID nineteen now has a uh, um, the safer at home. They're actually issuing citations and stuff down by you. How's that working out? It's doing okay. I haven't got one yet. I don't think I'll ever get one. You staying home? I just go to the store when I need to get stuff. That's about it. That's good. I mean, like we I were. Uh, I me and... it, but that was it. Huh? Me and Ethan were talking about you on the last podcast, kind of, you know, with your history of uh, pneumonia and that we were, oh, yeah. you know, you're in a higher uh, sensitivity to this whole thing. So how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> Not one symptom so far. That's good. That's good. I hope you stay that way. I mean, we got a lot planned this summer okay. and we got to make sure you come out with us. So. Well, yeah, I'm kind of going to be with it, so. Say that again, I'm Ethan. Oh, I said I kind of need I kind of need someone to yell at while we're out there. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely need our bait on these uh, missions. Oh, ha ha! You too. <laughs> oh, we love you, Derek. So, um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, Derek, again, for anybody listening, if you haven't watched the episode, please go ahead and watch it before you listen to the rest of this. Um, but, um, Derek, why don't you, uh, go ahead and walk us, you know, kind of through what happened when, when we first got to, uh, the first location. When I got to the first location, I, I felt like something wasn't right. I had a, I got the sense of like there's something nearby that was, I got a tragic patching of something, like a little kid, but then again, I turned and there was something, I was like, just getting really but until Ethan showed me something, and then I got a more of a, a good feeling of what was what, what happened. I had it, it came more clear to me, and I'm like, okay, I see the bullet hole, and I'm like, hmm, let me think of this. And then it came to me like, okay, there's a suicide here because the guy thought he committed suicide because his wife had an affair and he got a divorce and he didn't like it because he got upset about it and killed himself. And I felt his anguish. Like I knew something wasn't right at that house. But then I also sensed a fire that, that there was a big space between Ethan's place and this place next door. 
Like, I thought there was another trailer, but I, we haven't got any information on that, but it was just that feeling. Some, something was there trying to get my attention, but no, good turn. You know, it's like, I never get, like, when I get my senses, when I get these feelings of what's going on, something makes me turn to that direction to see what's going on. And I can communicate with this thing right from there. Okay, so so when you communicate with this, uh, let's go into this a little bit deeper. Because when you're there, you say that um, there was a traumatic incidence that you feel. And you start going into like that the guy had a heart attack or something to do with the heart. Now that's, that's really important. And on the episode, we emphasize the fact that you actually say that because, um, you know... It's interesting because you point out that you're you're getting something to do with the heart uh, heart attack, or um, you know, and if you turn that around to the whole um, emotional side of it, that this guy was like heartbroken, uh, you know. So my my question is, you know, you. Well, well, first of all, I mean, like, you, you were on the right trail, I guess. But my okay. question is, when you're communicating with these other entities and stuff, how are they communicating with you? They're telling me things that I need to know so I can figure out what happened. And they'll give me other things that they'll tell me about a certain person that they will let me to tell that person to be at ease, to let them know that they're okay, and they were fine, and then they'll tell me if they have a memento from that person that you left them with. And I got plenty of stories to tell about this, plenty. <laughs> well, let's stick with, I, with uh, this one for now, though. But um, I know, I'm, like, I'm just saying, I'll use that for the fu- future, but not right now. Right, we can come back to but that. It, all right, but it, it, I get like, They'll tell me something happened and they'll just speak to me and then that's what gets me to get these feelings and I'll get these senses that just turn around and think, okay, wait, something happened here that I could feel, it's almost like, like I can see like a projector in my mind and I can go back in time and see this incident in my mind first and I'll say what happened because I can see something in my mind being played like a project, like a movie projector. I guess people's lives in front of me, like being played like a movie projector, in order to pick up what's going on. Okay. Which so, is, which is interesting to me because I don't know how I can do this. I can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so just to clear this up, you, you mentally hear them talking, or do you just see the images? I see images, and I can hear them talking all the time. Very well, like. Cut out words. You know, it's good stuff they're talking about. Not just play all BS. Okay, so so walk us through a little bit about. So let's focus in on this whole heart thing. What was being communicated to you during that uh, part of this? Well, the only thing the guy was telling me was the deceased was he was saying something about his heart, and then I could see him in my mind just crying because he was not like 
having that he didn't want the divorce. He loved his wife. He didn't want that to happen. He just didn't take it well. He was just beside himself. He was so heartbroken to the point where I felt his heart pain, which was weird because when I feel that and I can hear him talk about it, I can also see him in my mind of what this guy looked like at the time before he killed himself. So the so basically the guy was um, to you the guy was you could just feel his heart pain. Yeah, I could feel his heart pain. I could see him sitting on the edge of the bed, just crying and like asking, saying, "Why me? Why is this happening to me? Why did I do to deserve this?" So what and led you like, to think originally that it was like a heart attack? Because I I just saw the heart and he was just clutching at his heart, like oh, you know. Okay. He's clutching on his heart with his hands, and he's just like hunched over, like something. He thought he, I thought it was a heart attack, and he was just all hunched over, just clutching at his heart. And then that's when I got more of him talking to me, saying, "It's not that. It's not that. Say something different. Go for it. Come on. You know, just keep it, keep it going." And I can hear him, see him sitting at the end of the bed, contemplating what he was going to do after clutching his heart. He came back upright, and I could just see him just contemplating. You know, he stopped crying for a minute, and I could see him just thinking what he's going to do to himself because he was so heartbroken. All of he, he, you know, he didn't want to commit suicide at first. He told me he's like, "I don't want, to, I want to live," but then something changed his mind, and he did it in an instant. Which I don't know why. You know, give me the answer why he changed his mind. Why he offed himself? He at first he told me he's like, "I don't want, I just want to live. I don't want to die yet." I got so much to look for, and then change your mind, and then uh, and shot himself, and then go. And then, he did not tell me anything. He just says like, "Okay." I'm like, "Okay, what?" He didn't give me more information. He just sat there. Hmm. I was like, oh, "Interesting." All right, Ethan, what do you uh, what do you make of all this? I mean, like you're you're pretty skeptical about this whole situation, as far as like that's one of your main jobs aside from, you know, being an outdoorsman and stuff and, and the woods that, but uh, you're always pretty skeptical on all this. And after the test, you said that you were kind of coming around to all this. So how how does this affect you? Um, to me, it's pretty convincing because it's a lot of information that to hit it head on without knowing anything to me is compelling. It still leaves me fairly skeptical, but not as much as I used to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean this with a grain of salt to Derek here, but, um, you know, when we go out with Derek and, and we go on these investigations, Derek comes up with a lot of wild things sometimes. And it's interesting to, I, I think that what's happening, like we've just discussed, is that, Derek, you're seeing something or hearing something. But it's, it's that blockage of communication, you know, where the guy's clutching at his heart and you automatically, or not automatically, but you're taking it as a heart attack when it's more of a broken heart. So it's like you're seeing and being able to communicate, but you're not uh, picking up the right uh, answer to the, the, the show and tell, I guess. You know, does that make sense to you, Derek? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting, you know, like, um, 
you know, when we go out on other cases and you feel something or that, you know, maybe it's it's a matter of just fine-tuning what you're you're seeing and putting that into context. Because, uh-huh. like I said, with this whole episode, you do go back to that area and pick up on a traumatic incident right away. And it's not like, you know, the fire thing kind of got off topic. And, you know, again, we can't prove or disprove anything like that. But, well, actually, now that I think about that, maybe it's not a physical fire, Derek. Maybe it's not a heat fire. Maybe it's a fire from a gun. Mm, true. It could be. Because I, I'm, I'd have to go back and look it up again. But I believe you say that there was a fire and it killed someone in the back bedroom. I do believe I did say that too. Ethan, what do you think of that? <clears throat> to me, that would make sense. And I think it's, you know, for me, I interpret it for Derek. It's a lot like a big game of charades. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is interpreting the information he's given. And I could see how that's another way to interpret what he was given to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that actually makes it a lot more compelling to me, I think, is because, you know, if you're saying there's a fire and someone perished in a back bedroom, and then you're saying that there's a heart involved, you basically put it all together, and if interpreted correctly, you have a guy fired a gun, killed himself in the back bedroom because of a heart condition. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah, pretty much. And I think, you know, looking at this, um, you know, as as Derek's perspective is you're just not putting the correct emphasis on what you're seeing. So let me ask you this, Derek. When you picked up on the fire, what were you shown? What did you see? What did you hear? Why did you say there was a fire? I I I think what I saw when I saw fire was like a muzzle flash at first. But I couldn't really make it out because it was a blur. Because it happened so quick. Hmm. Like, you know how gunshots go so fast because it's a muzzle flashing, you can't see much of it? Yeah. So fast with a blur, that's what it looked like to me. Because it happened so quick, it's like, you know, it just. So you saw like a, a little explosion, maybe? Like a little muzzle flash, but not like a bright one. It was just a little minute one where I could see just a very little, but it was blurry all around everything else. So why did you think that that was a fire then? I don't know. It was, uh, that's the first thing I thought of. It came to me. It was just the way I felt it in that area. For some reason, I don't know why I thought there was a fire there. It was just, it felt like it. You know, it just felt like something else was there. And I didn't think of that house being the deal, you know? Mm-hmm. And to be fair, the Walco did have him under a lot of pressure that night, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, what? You were under pressure to perform. Uh, I don't understand how, like, why I said it. It just came to me. It's just like, that, just any word I picked out, it was just, just that certain word. That certain word fire came to me for some reason. I don't know why. And that's interesting. I, I mean, I had an I don't know. Say that again? I, I, had an, I don't have an explanation why it's a fire. It's just, came to me. It's not like I picked the word out of a bag and here you go, you know? Mm-hmm. That was the very first word that came to my mind, was that. Hmm. 
I just don't understand why that came to me unless something from the other side said something to tell me that. I do not know. Hmm. I wish I knew. Ethan, with that in mind, I mean, like, how does that change your opinion on this whole thing? Uh, it doesn't change my opinion much. It's just more understanding it. Because mm-hmm. that a lot for me is I have to get to the point where I understand it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a lot for everybody, you know, as far as like, this is a lot to take in. I mean, I, I've seen Derek communicate and, uh, you know, hit things right on the head And I've also seen him take a wild right and go off into no man's land on some of this stuff. And, you know, it's just complete, you know, lunacy, you know, as far as some of the stuff that you say sometimes, Derek. And I mean that, you know, not a bad way, but I think Uh it, it has to do with just the way you interpret it, you know, because if you look at this, looking back at the events of uh, this thing, you know, you have the, the fire. You have the heart, and you have a, a, a tragedy, which you hit all three, and it's just a matter of putting that puzzle together the correct way, you know? Yeah, but the thing is, though, you gave me no information ahead of time, neither did even me, your mom, it was just me. Yeah. Which I can't figure out how I can do that. I still can't figure out my gift, I wish I knew. Mm-hmm. My gift, I can't explain. I wish I could, but I can't. It's not a magic trick. It's not like that. You can go out there thinking there's a magic out there. <laughs> Think again. It's not. If I don't try to be harsh on this podcast, I'm sorry if I am, but I'm just saying. Put myself out there. Yeah, a lot of people, I think, think that this stuff is, you know, scripted or what we do is a, a show, and it's really not. I mean, when we go out somewhere, we're just letting the cameras roll, and what we get is what we get. We are not... Exactly. I agree. Yeah, we're not trying to say that, you know, that Derek's talking to ghosts or whatever. This is what happened. You know, we took him there to to this location, and this is what he said. You know, is it... real time. Yeah, is it true? Is it, you know, did Derek actually talk about it? Maybe Derek looked up, you know, the GPS on his phone and, and figured it out. I don't know. You know... But I, I know, Ethan, maybe you can back this up. Nothing for your neighbor was ever publicized, was it? No, there wasn't even an obituary. Right. So for any skeptic out there that thinks that, you know, Derek Googled this or something while he was sitting in the car or, you know, anything like that, there was no information to be had except for firsthand accounts. And I guess... Can I say something? Yeah, go ahead. When I do stuff like this, people... If you're listening, people that are listening, um, I don't know. I look at any obituaries. I don't know. I look at anything of the sort. No newspaper, nothing. It just comes to me. Mm-hmm. I don't do anything like that because I don't cheat. I don't, I don't look at stuff ahead of time and say, "Oh yeah, this person, this such such person died," and I give a, and I have a name. And it's not like how I look at a person's name in the picture and say, "This is your person, your loved one's name." No, it just hits me and I tell them who they are, who they're talking to, who, who they want to talk to, and what they told me. Yeah, I'll take it a step further. I mean, for anybody that actually is skeptical on this, I will uh, upload and send you the full, like, five hours of video from this night. And, you know, if you want to see everything minute for minute that happened from the time that we pulled up, it's all on tape. 
I mean, there's nothing that's hidden. I mean, we obviously edit it to make, you know, a shorter episode and, and, you know, put it in the best light possible. But, you know, we have nothing to hide. Any of our episodes, you can you can email us and we'll show you everything. It's it's not made up or nothing. But moving on here, uh, Ethan, you want to remind us about the second location real quick? Yep, second one was down the road. What happened is one of the neighbors had kidnapped a younger child i can't remember offhand i think she was like three or four and mm-hmm. took her into the woods and murdered her basically mm-hmm. and uh derek what happened yeah. when we took you there well when we got there i had i instantly heard like some kind of crying it's like made me turn because i the whole area just gave me something like someone i didn't get a right good feeling at that place it just gave me some kind of like horrible feeling like something awful happened like it was like a big like weird feeling it's like okay you know like i'm looking around and i turned around and i seen this hill and i looked at it and i stopped for a minute and i'm like there's a girl up here that died that i heard crying i just heard crying and i heard her crying and i heard her word say as she was crying she was trying to say it would help me and she was crying the whole time and that's when i turned that's how I could I went back in time again to see this incident in my mind and that's and then that's when I heard her crying and that's when I turned instantly to see if it was actually somebody physically in front of me, but it wasn't. It was just like something I heard and that's what made me turn to that direction. Mm-hmm. And I don't know uh, where I got the information from either. So to remind everybody what actually happened, I mean, we got to this location. Ethan says, all right, this is roughly where I want you to start. And I say to Derek, you know, uh, well, what do you think happened here? And the first thing you say, Derek, is that there was a a girl that was raped, murdered, and left for dead at this location. And Ethan, that's, that's what happened pretty much, right? Yep. And that was the first thing out of his mouth. Uh Uh-huh. And I can't explain how I got that information or, how, or why I said it. It just, I just knew something happened. There. Yeah, and well, again... We doing, uh, hold on. We yep. were doing this, I remember distinctly when I was in your car on the way up to Ethan's, you told me to stay in the car because you told me not to get out yet. And I stayed in there. I didn't hear any conversation nothing. Just put that out there because you guys think that we're all in on this together and we're just doing this to bring your pleasure and fun. We're not. We're doing serious stuff here. Yeah, and, and there was no discussion between me and Ethan, even outside the car, as to what it was, aside from, are you ready? Yep. Do you want me to get Derek? Yep. Me and Ethan had this all discussed prior to even getting there, so. And you told me this, like, weeks before, too. Like, like a week or two before we went there. Uh, we had discussed that we were, we were going to test you, yeah. But uh, you, we actually were on our way to do some, oh, Actually, what had happened was um, we were recording the interview for the Haunted Haunted House episode. Okay. And you had come to my house to record that. And after we had got done with that, I had uh, messaged Ethan while we were doing that and asked him if he would be available that night. So this wasn't even planned as far as uh, your knowledge to that day. So... um, but yeah, I mean, again, with the whole uh, girl, yeah, you had the age wrong, 
you had you know the minor details but uh, I mean I was pretty impressed that that was literally the first thing out of your mouth was the basic case of what we were looking for at that location uh-huh. and also if you notice correctly I described the suspect to a T that uh, uh, also is true yes he did Ethan? I never looked at a, I never looked at my phone or Ethan's phone. Yeah, so while we're there while we're there, Ethan actually looks up and uh Ethan if you wanna attest to anything here. Yeah, I pretty much heard his description. I had never seen a mugshot before, so I looked it up and it matched pretty close. Yep, and I think I think that's on the episode. We kinda zoom in on it and everything and, and it's pretty close to what the actual uh uh mugshot and everything was. When I described this guy, Ethan did not show me his phone. He had it close to his chest so I couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I made sure he couldn't peek over or anything. Mm-hmm. Because then after we got done, after I, I described the suspect, I remember I went over to Ethan and asked him, let me see what it looks like. I was in shock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it surprised me. I didn't think I got the guy's description almost spot on. Ethan? And I can't explain oh. that. And I can't explain my gift. I wish I could. Yeah, Ethan? Well, and you know, for like me personally, I would love to disprove it all. That's my first goal every time. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to give any clues, any help at all, because my first goal is to disprove everything. Mm -hmm. But I'm at the point where this, where I can't disprove it, so I have to give it more credence and credibility. Mm -hmm. What brings you then? (laughs) All right, I want to go a step beyond the actual test, and I have a question for you, Derek. Yes, so when you're when we pulled you out there and uh, put you in these two locations, we told you to try and uh, look around and see if you uh, experience anything or see anything or whatever. Um, but when on a normal day, when you're out living your life, walking around the city and stuff, you know, does this stuff just come up? Like when you're walking down the street and you walk past a house. Do you hear someone talking to you or see things from people that live there? It all depends on, like, if, if I if I'll go out past, like, a historical building, I'll get people talking to me, which is weird because it's like, okay. And I can see people, too, as I'm walking past, like, past historical buildings. We have another unit down here where I walk past once in a while. When I walk past once in a while, I'll happen to look up, and I can see, like, like spirits of nuns walking around or she's not looking down and I can and I know that she's there looking over me and I go I can see you sister and I and I look up and I can see her clear as day give me the time for and make sure I'm going on with my day so I know she's there I'm like hmm, okay thank you you know <laughs> So, so how long has this happened with you I mean is this something that you've had your whole life or was there something that happened that uh, triggered this. Well, I had a pretty, I got to get pretty much one of the little kid. I got a little backstory first. One summer, it was really, I'm hungry Jersey original people, if you want to know. Anyway, um, I'm going to a place called the Walk on Street on a really super hot, humid day. Clouds were coming in, and I thought, okay, it's not going to do anything. I, I just happened to start walking across the street to my friend's house. Hang on, hang on. S- slow down a little bit. Slow down. Well, as I was walking to my friend's house, um, I'm just sitting here. I thought about lightning flash, like three, three to four feet in front of me, 
you know, like, touch people in public, and I just sit there and I read them like the book. They're looking at me like, how do you know all this about me? I'm like, I don't know. I wish I knew. There's no way I can explain it. <laughs> There's no earthly way to explain this shit. You know, I wish I could. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's all I can think of. And that's really interesting. I think like this phenomenon uh, deserves a little more in-depth uh, research. I mean, if you're open to it, Derek, we can try some other things as far as, you know, like the whole um, cups and uh, uh, the cup and ball trick, too, you know, and see how you do with that, like you said, with the Lego and the quarter. Okay, but here's the funny thing on here. Speaking of tests... My sister-in-law, one year, when she came here to visit my, me and my mom out in Blackfeet before we moved to Appleton, before my mom passed on, God bless her soul, anyway, mm-hmm. um, she bought dinner cards, which is ESP cards, if you know what I'm talking about, buddy. Yeah. She bought those, like the pattern ones and the colored ones. She texted me on the pattern ones, I kid you not, I hit maybe seven out of ten, if I can remember correctly, and the colored ones I did eight out of ten. And there was no way I could have done it. I don't know how I did that. When I did those two, the, the colored ones and the padded ones, I said, oh, well, yeah, you got the gift, all right. She was in shock. So was I. Those, like, the cards, uh, you've seen Ghostbusters, right? Yes. You're talking about, like, the cards in the beginning where Bill Murray's testing the ESP abilities? Yeah. Yeah, those? Yeah. All right. We'll have, to see, uh, we'll have to see if we can get some of them. I don't know how I did that. It was just weird. Hmm. I'm like, I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, after I got this done, I was pondering for a while. I'm like, okay. Oh, another thing is, when we were at the Burning Some Woods, I don't know if you remember this, I had to back away from the shaman, cir- the shaman circle because I was getting choked up. Mm-hmm. We did not show on, the, on our first episode. It was not on there. And we talked about it on our panel. Yep. We were at the shaman circle. I had to back away. So I started getting choked up and like, cause I thought that mother and child, remember? Yep. That's on the episode. That why, but you don't see me backing away. You're just, you're, you hear us talking. Mm-hmm. But you don't see me backing away, you know? Mm-hmm. Or my hands folding, but you were just, and it was weird because I remember asking Mary that same night and she told me there was a mother and child native that died not that far from where we were standing. Which I can't explain how I put, how I picked that up here. And it, and the other time we were in that woods, like I told you, we were, I was all happy, happy. But when I got to that shaman circle that day, everything just dramatically changed. Like I got emotional for some unknown reason. Mm-hmm. Which I wish I could explain that, but I can't. Ethan, you had an experience up there too. You said the first time we went in that you didn't feel right on that side. Well, I just didn't like it. Felt uncomfortable. You know, I didn't want to be there. And that's really weird for you. It is. So when you go out into the woods, Ethan, and stuff, in these places that we've been, do you ever uh, experience anything weird like that? Very, uh, very rarely. Most of the time, I'm pretty comfortable. Yeah, I remember two times, like we said, the one where the first time we took you to the, the shamanic side of the Burlington Woods... After we left, you had mentioned that from the time we went in there to the time we left, just that side that you were uncomfortable. Yeah, where everything else was, I was completely fine with it, no issue at all. Yeah. Um, And then the other time, 
was the Paulding Light. Yep. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, I know we had talked about this earlier, but or on a, another podcast, but like you just you got to a certain point and didn't feel comfortable at all, right? Yep, and I'm a very trust your gut type person. So when that happens, I mean, what do you make of that? Um, to me, it's basically just, you know, is it like a primal instinct telling me I'm being watched or, you know, there's something else in the area, whether it be like, you know, natural animals or whatever. So like kind of a predatorial thing. Yeah. Ethan, that's, you know, that's, that's really interesting. I mean, like when I go into the woods and stuff, I don't really have, uh, I, I get the feeling like I'm being watched and stuff, but only a couple times have I ever felt really like I shouldn't be there or something. And I think the worst case that I had was at the, um, um, ah, uh, Boy Scout Lane. Okay, was, yeah, I, I wasn't there for that one. Yeah, I think that was probably the weirdest uh, experience that I had, and it just didn't feel right for me, like I was being watched. But I, I still didn't feel like the need to like run or get out of there or anything. But yeah, and then for like me growing up, you know, my dad being the big hunter he is and everything, he was always big on teaching me: if you don't feel comfortable, leave. Yep. Because that's your body telling you something's not right. Right on. So I've always kind of held that to heart. Well, that's good. I mean, you should always follow, you know, what uh, what you got as far as um, gut feeling and stuff. So, all right, guys. Well, um, next week we're gonna have Fathom on here, and Fathom and Ethan, you guys are gonna be back, or Ethan, you're gonna be back, and we're gonna discuss uh, Fathom's experience with the test, and then Derek, you'll be joining us at the end of that episode and uh, bring this whole thing together. So until then, we want to thank you guys for listening to this episode of Cryptids Anomalies and the Paranormal Society. Until next time, I'm Barnaby. I'm Ethan. I'm Derek. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To find out more about Cryptids Anomalies and the Paranormal Society, visit our website at wisconsincaps.com. That's Wisconsin, C-A-P-S. There you can find links to our YouTube and Facebook pages. You can also submit your sightings and encounters. And don't forget to check out our online store for t-shirts, DVDs, and more. If you have had an encounter with something unexplained in or around Wisconsin, we would love to hear about it. You can send us an email at wisconsincaps at gmail.com or to submit an anonymous report, visit our website and click Report Your Encounter on the main page.